This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Brian. Uh, here we are once more time jumping into the book of Job. Uh, tonight or today or whenever you want to, we always say that. That is just the craziest thing. Anyway. Actually, you always say that. I always say that, yeah. Quietly. Yeah. Um, well, we, what we're going to be doing tonight, today, anyway, we're going to be doing two chapters, uh, chapters 25 and 26. Both of these are fairly small chapters, uh, but don't let their size uh, dwarf the message. There is an amazing... Uh, message behind exactly. each one of these chapters. So, uh, go well, for it. What I think is interesting is this section seems to me like more conversational because probably because they're quick. I mean, mm-hmm. chapter twenty six is very or twenty five is what seven verses, six, six verses, and then twenty six is a rebuttal to that. So, anyways, uh, because they're so short, I'm not really going to give a uh, a breakdown of the different translations, but. I think Greg mentioned that he liked one of them, would you say? Uh, actually, uh, chapter 26 uh, in the New King James uh, is Job, man's frailty, and God's majesty. Um, chapter 25 is Bildad, how can man be righteous? Well, that's a really good title of the section because that, that is how mm-hmm. Bildad is, 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 that's essentially the core of his argument. The New American Standard Version titles chapter twenty or yeah chapter twenty five. Bildad says man is inferior, and chapter twenty six. The New American Standard Version breaks it down into two parts. The first part is Job rebu- rebukes, excuse me, Bildad, mm-hmm. and then verses five through fourteen, the greatness of God. Yeah. Uh, as we get, go through this um, again, it's the same kind of conversation and to Brian's point a lot of the other ones since the chapters were much longer it was more of a uh, I'm giving my side of the argument then you're gonna give your side of the argument whereas these being so small you can get a much better feel of what's been going on okay um, so uh, in the previous just to kind of remind you because we took a break from Job for a week the previous chapter we see that uh, the message is from Job he's speaking we have this idea that God perplexes me. Mm-hmm. And this entire chapter focused on sort of a seemingly, seeming injust, the injustices that God permits in this world. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to get into chapter 25 with Bildad speaking. So, All right. Uh, chapter 25 of the book of Job, starting in verse 1. Then Bildad the Shuhite answered and said, Dominion and fear belong to him. He makes peace in his high places. Is there any number to his armies? Upon whom does his light not rise? How then can man be righteous before God? Or how can he be pure who is born of a woman? If even the moon does not shine and the stars are not pure in his sight, how much less man who is a maggot and a son of man who is a worm. Um, 
and that's chapter 25. <laughs> Bildad is basically building a case against man, um, which he he really pointed it out in uh, verse 4. Uh, how then can man be righteous before God, or how can he be pure who is born of a woman? Basically, I mean, he's he's going at it from the point of view that there is no hope for man. We are horrible. We're awful. We uh, we are the scum of the earth. Well, he um, to his credit, he starts it off, you know, kind of decent. You know, dominion and fear belong to him. Uh, he makes peace in the high places. Is there any number to his army upon whom does his light night rise? I mean, obviously, you know, as Christ could have called forth, you know, twelve legions of angels and stuff. You can see that there's a great number to God's army, right? To what He has. Yeah. I mean, obviously, He has dominion over the land, mm-hmm. yeah, and of, you know, of the high places mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, of course, fear would belong to Him because I mean, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that is okay. But once you get into that, but how then can man be righteous before God? How how can can he be pure who is born of a woman? I mean, once he gets down there, I mean, he really tears it apart. Uh, and then he establishes, he, he sets up how, you know, there's things in the skies like the moon and the stars that we would see as great. And he said, he's you know, he's talking about how even these are are not pure in his sight and everything. But you nailed it on the head. He's really tear in order in order to lift God up. He's tearing us down. Yeah. He's tearing mankind down. And, and talking about how vile they are. Mm-hmm. And to and and what I'm sensing here is, again, he's building an argument mm-hmm. for how Job has possibly sinned. Yeah. Because he's saying, well, man is a maggot and man is a worm and da 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 da. So you must have sinned. You must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and confess it. Yeah. Well, and you know. In his his discussion, I mean, I'm sure that you've you've gotten into uh, discussions or arguments with people like this. They start with a solid, good foundation, but then about halfway through the argument, can start going off on these horrible tangents. And that's really what he does for the second half. Is I mean, he's talking about you know, man is a maggot and a worm and and things like that, and it really kind of twists the argument that he was originally trying to make, where there is great fact, as you pointed out, to this. God's authority, God's power, God's true righteousness. But again, also, to your point again, you don't have to tear man down to build God up. God in and of himself, stand alone, has that righteousness, has that power, has that authority. So, Bildad is is going overboard when it comes to uh, comparing man to God. When you do that, yeah, you can see this, but the fact of the matter is, it is through God that we we find that righteousness through Christ. A part of me wants to ask him if I was to face him, you know, do you put yourself in that category? Yeah. Because he, he's coming off as a holier-than-thou attitude to Job, but then he how can he be holy if man is a worm? Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, I mean, I certainly uh, agree with what you're saying, Greg, because 
I mean, God is righteous in and of Himself. He doesn't. He doesn't need to. And so much. So there's so much scripture, especially starting in Genesis uh, two or mm-hmm. whatever, where we're seeing the creation of man. We see that man was created in God's image or whatever, mm-hmm. right there. And we talked about this in another podcast. That gives man value. That gives right. man meaning in everything. We have been given meaning by God. So, and the thing about it is. The ultimate thing that gave us value, of course, was the fact that Christ died for us. So to sit there and say, well, you're a worm and everything. Of course, this was before Christ dying for us. But but even then, we can look in the Old Testament. We were created in God's image. We have value. We have meaning. We are not worms. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the lie that this world wants to put on us is you are completely worthless. So you have to build value in yourself uh, through status, through possessions, through... Uh, any means necessary, even if that means you have to tear someone down so that you're higher than they are. Well, yeah, you can kind of see that argument mm-hmm. a little bit because Job was one who had status, and now he doesn't, so he's a worm, I guess. I mean, yeah. According so, to so uh, what I'm what we can gauge out of this is uh, it's a small little rebu- a little argument that he's making here that isn't, of course, that doesn't detract from it, mm-hmm. but. It's a regurgitation of what Eliphaz said before, talking about man's worthlessness. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and that's something uh, coming out of uh, this chapter and going into twenty-six. And I, I think Job really words it right. But ending this uh, this chapter here, understand that you know we do have value, we yeah. do have worth. Um, this in and of itself. Uh, I, I mean, the, the fact, and you you said it. Would he put himself in this category? Or is it just another ploy of trying to get Job to confess this unknown sin that they've been trying to kind of coax out of him this whole time? Yeah, could be. So. Alright, now for chapter 26 where we start off with Job's rebuttal. But Job answered and said, How have you helped him who is without power? How have you saved the arm that has no strength? How have you counseled the one who has no wisdom? And how have you declared sound advice to many? To whom have you uttered words? And whose spirit came from you? The dead tremble, those under the waters and those inhabiting them. Sheol is naked before him, and the destruction has no covering. He stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. He binds the, up the waters in his thick, thick clouds, yet the clouds are not broken under it. He covers the face of his throne and spreads its cloud over it. I'll stop right there. Well, so, so first of all, he starts off in the first, uh, the first four verses with his rebuttal here to, uh, to Bildad, where he's, he's basically, there we go, sorry. He's basically asking him a series of questions, which is it was just awesome because that's mm-hmm. the, the you know the title of the podcast. But but I love I love how he's presenting questions to him. He doesn't immediately go into his answer. It's kind of like how Christ did. Whenever Christ was answered asked a question, he would tell him, "Well, well, first answer this for me, and then I'll give you the answer mm-hmm. to that." But you know that that's always a good way to start an argument is to to refer a question back to your questionnaire or whatever. Mm-hmm. So how have you helped him? who is without power. That's very interesting. How have you saved the arm that has no strength? You know, uh, you actually mentioned, and we've mentioned this in an earlier podcast, a lot of times 
Christians are always on the defensive because questions are being asked of us, you know, why this, why that, you know, this, that, so on and so forth. And as you mentioned, it's a good example to have a question to ask back, understand before answering. You know, and that's what what Job did here is he neutralizes the situation with these questions. And they're, they're valuable, vital questions that he's looking for an answer to. Well, think about it here. If we were to change these from questions to answers, like, how have you helped him who is without power? What would that basically say? Mm-hmm. You haven't helped anyone. You know, your statement is not helping anyone, essentially. If we were to change the next one to a... Uh, to just a statement and not a question, you know, how have you saved the arm that has no strength? Basically, you know, you've given no strength to anyone. You have not lifted anyone up. I mean, you can't lift up an arm that has no strength to it. You can't assist anyone in that manner. Or what about how have you counseled one who has no wisdom? Turn that into a statement, basically. You know, you you haven't counseled anyone. You have not helped anyone in that manner. I mean, think about it. Up here, he's accusing man of being a maggot and a worm. If someone came into your to your office or whatever, someone that was dealing with pain, they were dealing with, with sin in their life, and you basically counseled them by calling them a worm and a maggot and a worthless human being, have you helped them? No. Well, and that's, uh, to that point, a lot of times as Christians, that's how we approach it. Well, you know, if you quit living in that sin, maybe you're, you wouldn't yeah. be as low as you are. Oh, you're homeless? Well, that's because you've done this, this, and this. If you were at church every Sunday, if you did this, if you did that, and it, that's that's true. That if if we approach situations like that instead of the way that Christ showed us in His love to approach things, why would we expect any different result? The person's already hurting. The person's already suffering. And we're just heaping more on top of that sometimes. And, you know, again, that's kind of how Job's friends have been for him. Is Job's already in a bad spot, and now they're just adding more to that. Yeah, they're not exactly, uh, they're not counseling him in his pain. I mean, I mean, who, who, who has anyone asked, you know, hey, Job, how you dealing with this man? I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, what can I do for you? I mean, I was silent with you for a while, and now I'm going to start accusing you of stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that helping you out any? No, it's not, because you know what? We're not helping you. We don't counsel people. That's just how it is here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one, and have you declared sound advice to many? That goes along with counseling or whatever. Uh, you know, someone comes to you and you says, hey, I've got a decision to make in my life. Can you help me out? And you say, no, not really. You're a worthless human being, so deal with that, and mm-hmm. then go on. I mean... Again, he Bildad has offered no advice, he's offered no true counseling, he's provided no strength, and he has not helped the weak. Mm-mm. I mean, no, nothing that he has said is essentially building anyone up. No. It's only tearing them down, so, you know, good job there, Bildad. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's something that you've got to, when you look at it, uh, and I've, I've had this happen uh, quite often, is something horrible happens. Okay, well, let's pray about it. That's it. There's there's no words of comfort. There's no there's there's no nothing. Not saying that prayer doesn't work, but sometimes it takes more than that. Whether it be a hug, a shoulder to cry on, somebody to listen. You know, we can't just fall back on the same old stuff. 
Because that's where a world of disbelief looks at that and like, okay, well, what good's that going to do? What you know, I'm I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Okay, well, th- how is that going to put food on my belly? You know, sometimes you have to put actions with prayers. Let's pray, and you know what? I'll get you some food. And the way that the Job is ans- asking these questions, you know, how have you counseled anyone? Have you declared sound advice? How can you give strength? You don't have strength. Things of that nature. That's really what he's doing is he's saying, look, you talk a good game, but you give nothing. You, if anything, tear down more than build up. Yeah. I mean, Christ went in the highways and byways. He talked to people. Mm-hmm. He lifted them up. <clears throat> he, and he let them know. I mean, he, he assisted the, you know, he healed the, or he actually raised the son for the mother so that so that he could help him. Well, help and even, even the feeding of the 5,000. Exactly. He said, I don't want to send these people away because they may faint. Exactly. He said, you know, he he put action to what he said he believed and exactly. who he was. Okay. And is. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was interesting, we go down to uh, right there, uh, the second part of verse 4. To whom have you uttered words and whose spirit came from you? Well, we know that uh, several of them, uh, Bildad, uh, Eliphaz, they talked about how you know, this message is from God or whatever, and yet mm-hmm. Job is calling him out on that right now. He's basically saying, in so many words, that spirit didn't come from God. Mm-mm. Who is this coming from? Well, we, as we said up here, Bildad is basically regurgitating the words that Eliphaz said. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, now, they're, now they're lining up their arguments, and they're both attacking Job now with the same argument over and over. Mm-hmm. And do keep in note and remember... These are Job's friends. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... It's hard to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> he drew a circular horizon on the face of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his rebuke. He stirs up the sea and his power, and by his understanding, he breaks up the storm. By his spirit... He adorned the heavens. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? This uh, this paints an amazing picture of God. Yeah, and one thing to note is not one point in time did Job tear down man in order to uplift God. I mean, he right. it's so poetic the way he describes him. I mean, he mentions God in nature where he talks about the circular horizon, you know, light and darkness, so nature, physics. He mentions God in the, you know, uh, of you know, talking about heaven. He mentions him in talking about, you know, the sea, so basically, you know, the earth and everything. Uh and you know mentions God and, and you know God's knowledge and how it extends everywhere. His spirit he, had, uh, he adorned the heavens. His hand pierced the fleeing serpent. So so even in you know literature, even in uh, mythology, he's basically again painting that picture of those mythological creatures and saying, you know what, God has chased the fleeing serpent because yeah, we call them mythology. Back then they were religions, mm-hmm. and so he's noting that. 
you know, God is sovereign even over all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, these religions aren't separate or whatever. They're, they're not above God in any way. God has chased them away. Yeah. One awesome thing about that is as he paints this entire picture, in verse uh, 14, indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. Job is saying, look, with this awesome amazingness that I just told you, it doesn't even scratch the surface. It's the mere edges of who God is. Um, and that's, that's uh, in, our, in our Sunday school class, we've been uh, studying about the Trinity. You know, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of thought, a lot of uh, confusion that's based on the Trinity. Um, one of the, the discussion points to it is if we could just completely understand God and every aspect of Him, would He still be God? That's just it. God has so much, and we strive so hard to try to understand Him. But we have to understand that we're never going to accomplish that goal, but it's seeking to learn more, to know Him better, to to get closer to Him, to be able to see what Job is describing here, to see God's hand at work in creation, to know that all we're seeing are just the mere edges. I want to see more. I want to have more. Yeah. And that's really what God has called us to do. I mean, He, he created us to, to be with Him. And He's created a way for that. Well, I absolutely love how he ties that off, you know, mm-hmm. and how the, how a small whisper we hear uh, of him and the thunder of his power, who can understand? I mean, we, as you're saying, we're hearing the edge, the, the mm-hmm. very the very wisp, the very small whisper, and yet, you know, there's a whole thunder that is mm-hmm. God, and, and, and we can't, I mean, how, how can we understand all that power? I mean, it's amazing. Job is very poetic in the way he describes God. Yeah. And... What I love the way that he ties all of this together is he doesn't harp solely on Bildad. He goes into essentially painting a beautiful portrait through words of God and ultimately gives him the glory in acknowledging his power. Oh, yeah. I mean, his he, authority. He, he's only using four verses as his mm-hmm. rebuttal, but the rest of it is going into the greatness of God and everything. I mean, it's absolutely a a well-thought-out description. It really is. And to close it off like that, I mean, yeah, we may only hear a whisper of the thunder that is God. In fact, we've we've been having a good number of storms. Of course, we're going into April, so April showers. We're going to have a lot of storms. But just think, when you hear that far-off, way-in-the-distance thunder, just that very soft rumble... You know that there's something so much bigger yeah. to that, and it's on its way. Yeah, it you, is. You, you acknowledge that that mm-hmm. sound, and then you're like, "Oh, there, there's something else there. There's there's a storm mm-hmm. coming." Yeah. Well, with with God, we know there's so much more. There's so much more filling all the edges of of what little we know. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, in a lot of ways, it's up to us to chase that, to see what more there is. If you would join us in prayer. Dear Heavenly, most gracious Father, Lord, we, we just thank you for allowing us, you know, the opportunity to to see edges of you, Lord, that you've revealed yourself in nature and history and time, 
I mean, you, you take the opportunity. You're, you're not as the deist believes that you just created this universe and step back and let it happen. No, Lord, you, you take a part. You take a role in all of this, and you desire relationship with us, Lord. And, and you, you instill in us this unquenchable desire that only you can quench and, and that we hunger for more when we just get a taste of it. Father, I ask that you... You know, put a burning in us that we continue to seek you, continue to dive into your word, and, and, and the more that we find, we just want more and more, Lord, that we continue to search your word, and we pray for your spirit to give us understanding so that it isn't misconceptions and stuff that we draw of this, but it, it is understanding and it is knowledge of you. I mean, as, as your word says, that, that you, you desire knowledge of God, you desire us to have that knowledge. We ask that you guide and direct us, that you forgive us of our sins, and we ask that you please help this community grow together and grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And now for the proverb. Proverbs chapter 16, verses 26 through 33. The person who labors, labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisper separates the best of friends. A violent man entices his neighbor, and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He pursues his lips and brings about evil. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Well, as always, there are many, many, many different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, primarily, all of it hubs together through our website at www.stillripples.org. Yeah, you can also reach our Facebook page, Google+. Plus. We have a YouTube, obviously, you've got there. Mm -hmm. We also have a phone number that we do check. It's one eight one six nine ripple That's R-I-P-P-L-E. And uh, I do want to toss out there... Uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks, few weeks, depending on you know how the spirit leads, we're going to be going into uh, a lot of really in-depth uh, discussions on a couple of current matters that are facing the world, the nation, uh, things of that nature. Um, our primary focus, which will ultimately be the next one, is going to be how would Jesus, if he was here today, act? towards these. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a lot of stuff happening out there and the reaction is pretty much 90% of the time negative uh, or positive with an underbite. So uh, hope you guys uh, tune in for that. It's going to be an awesome, awesome series uh, and uh, we look forward to, you know, pushing forward with you. Yeah. So with that, have a great day and God bless. <laughs>